Let's see, this thing is going. All right, it's the first one, first episode. Pretty pumped about this. Uh, for the first episode, our two guests, Alex Bayer from The Genius Juice and Eric Hiker from The Digestible Brand. Hello, what's up? Hello. The platform for this is one that we are trying to make unique. It's gonna be short, so hopefully you can watch the whole thing. Trying to limit this thing to 10 minutes max. Uh, we want a platform here for two parts. One is gonna be for the smaller to medium size, growing CPG brands. We're gonna talk about a few things. We're gonna nail four or five different topics that we hope will be helpful to other uh, smaller to medium-sized CPG brands, maybe questions or comments um, that haven't been addressed before, or maybe things that are gonna relate to you that are gonna help you build your business. Uh, the second piece is gonna be a service or product related uh, executive or founder, in this case, someone like Eric Hiker, who has an amazing, amazing service uh, that he's gonna be able to talk about at the end of the show. Uh, and hopefully someone out there is in need of the services. So let's dive right into it. Alex from the Genius Juice, 30 second elevator pitch. Who are you? Talk a little bit about family maybe, that's always important, that's my, my number one. Uh, and then when and why did you start the Genius Juice? Okay, all right, 30 second elevator pitch. So um, uh, my name is Alex Baer, I'm the founder and CEO of Genius Juice. Uh, thank you ha for having me on the show. Um, really what drives us is our mission statement is bringing nutrition to the mainstream, bringing great products to the mainstream. Our product is a whole coconut smoothie, and we blend coconut water and coconut meat together into a bottle, which uh, we're the first brand to do it pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, you know, family-wise, we're really all about supporting people. We're about getting, giving people optimum health with great organic, high-premium products and with something unique that you really have never seen before. So that's what makes us genius. Love it. That I love, uh, and, and I've, I, I've, I've had it, and, and so um, I will say you, you nailed it in that respect uh, of a good product. Uh, let's dive into an, an amazing topic when it comes to uh, trying to grow a brand. Let's say start with a brand and trying to grow it. Let's talk money. Uh, have you raised money? Where does it come from? And if you can, try and talk a little bit of the trials and tribulations, the true honest comments when it comes to raising money and maybe even throw a little uh, caveat into what it looks like right now with uh, the epidemic that we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, I'll really great in a, a very timely questions, Mark. <clears throat> What's really interesting is just last night at midnight, we closed our equity crowdfunding campaign so it's really cool that we're talking about this right now. Okay. Uh, we raised nearly half a million dollars, you know, on WeFunder.com. Um, but wasn't like an overnight success. It took about three months for us to raise that. I think in general, um, you know, when you're, when you're running a company, you need twice as much as what you think, and it takes twice as long to raise it. Those are the two things that I really learned from raising capital. I'm still kind of a 
a small fish in a really, really big pond in CPG uh, because, you know, we have not gone through a Series A or a Series B yet. I've done all seed rounds and angel investment rounds. Um, but I can definitely say, like, in the earlier rounds, it's more about, like, the passion for the product, the passion for the entrepreneur. If they believe in you, they're going to write you a check. If they believe in what you are doing and they really like the product, they're going to write you a check. And, you know, we've raised a little under $2 million to date, you know, in the last five years. Seems like a lot of money. Uh, Mark, you know that that is not a lot of money, um, especially in four to five years. Um, you know, Series A raises could be seven to 10 million very, very easily. So, but I think it's really important that you show the passion, you show the energy because angel investors and seed investors will come in even if you're not there yet with your brand, even if you're not there yet with distribution. But it's all about really telling the story behind your brand and telling the story of how you can really get there with distribution gains and expansion. And also showing how you're offering something that no one else has that's very unique with a lot of value. So that's how I've been able to raise a lot of my earlier rounds is like, I may not be there, I'm, we may have not been there yet distribution wise, but they could see the picture. They could see the story of how we can grow. Um, so that, that's really helped. But now we're embarking on our, on our Series A. And, it's, and because of the times right now, I think my advice to any entrepreneur watching is just to conserve capital as much as possible. We really have no idea how long this crisis is going to last. Um, and on, on top of that, even after coronavirus dissipates, which hopefully is as soon as possible, and hopefully you have some early signs that that's happening, a lot of investors, especially VCs, are still scared to open their wallets. And they're really just conserving capital and reinvesting in their, core, in their current portfolio companies. So it may be a while until you can raise capital. So always good to conserve. Be very tight with it. Don't overspend on marketing. Just build what you have right now. Don't overexpand. And just uh, keep your cash as long as you can for the long haul until um, things kind of open up again with the market. And when that is, we don't know. Um, I'm personally predicting it's going to be another four to five months, probably till fall, until VCs really open their wallets again and start looking into new opportunities and new deals. So that's my perspective on the environment right those now. Are, those are gems. You nail gems, but I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to highlight one of them. You need a lot of money to play in this space. And I think it's one of those things that that are overlooked right when someone is starting a, a company like ours right in food and beverage um the the money you thought you needed uh, you shot, sort of said it's probably twice that i would go as far as saying it, it's, it could be even more than that right um so just be prepared for the fact that uh this is not an inexpensive business would would that sort of recap it yeah yeah i would definitely say that whatever, you know, innovation, distribution, getting enough people in the street to support your product, right? And getting um, in-store displays, promotions, just to get people, I think getting people to try the product and see the product is like half of the battle. Because you have a great brand and product, Mark, with Iwan, like we have a great brand and product, but not everyone is seeing it. And not everyone knows the value until they try it, right? 
So people buy with their eyes before they buy with their stomach. So that's why it takes a lot of money, literally 30, 35% of our spend is on trade spend and marketing and in-store promotions just to get people to see the product in general. Yeah. So um, you're definitely right. It takes a lot of money just to see it, to get people to buy it. Plus you have all the other operational expenses like production, day-to-day, -day, employees, admin. So I'm not even factoring all that in. Just, just for marketing alone, it's a lot of money in this Correct. Business. Yeah, and that, that, that's, it, it could be its own show, right? Where um, we talk trial all the time, so I'm, I'm almost gonna move that aside so that we're gonna jump right into the next phase, but you, you, you've nailed it, and uh, it will be another topic for, uh, for uh, an, another show because that's the, the core of all of it and where a lot of money uh, needs to be spent. Um, let's jump into Shark Tank so that we, uh, since it's, you know, it must be talked about. You were on the Shark Tank recently, loved it. Um, let's do two simple questions. How nervous are you when you're walking out there, right, on one to 10? It, it, are the nerves in there? Is, it, is, there, is there stomach turning a little bit, right, when you're finally walking out there? Mm -hmm. And then the second item, what was the biggest thing that you learned from being on the show? Give me the two, two, two points there. I mean, I would say, yeah, for the nerves part, leading up to it, the anticipation was far more intense than the actual show. Um, because once you're in it, you're in the zone, right? Like you get in it, walking out there. Um, because of just me discovering how show business works, because I've never really been in show business and probably never will after Shark Tank, um, it's not really as bad as it seems. You're not as nervous as you think you would be because you're, you're just out there talking with, entrepreneur, uh, talking with investors. That's the way that I felt about the whole thing. It was just like having a conference call, a conference room meeting once I got out there. You know, instead of being like, that's Mark Cuban, just say, that's just another investor, right? He's an awesome guy. Amazing what he's done, but he's just another investor, right? So I treated it that way so that I wouldn't freak out. So that's really um, the big thing there. What was your second question? Can you remind me? Second one was, what was the biggest thing that you learned from being on the show? What was the biggest takeaway? Could be about the show. Um, I mean, my biggest takeaway was more of a personal takeaway, which is just be yourself, as cliched as that sounds. Sure. Like, I didn't try to be you know, a different person or try to be over the top. I, except for my dancing with my wig on, um, that was probably the, you know, but I, but I, but I channeled what I love. I love karaoke. I love singing. So I channeled that into my performance on Shark Tank. So I just really pursued what I love and, and followed my heart. And that's how, and, and my real self shined through not only to the sharks where we got an offer for half a million, but we also, it also shined through to all the people watching and that converted to really great sales online. So just be yourself and let yourself shine through. That's Love it. it. Love it. All right, final question. Where is Genius Juice at now? Where will it be in 12 months? And what are the three ways that you're going to get there? So where we are right now is uh, we're in about 1,400 doors. Um, Traditionally, more in predominantly, I should say, more in, in the natural space, the Whole Foods of the world, you know, natural grocers, 
um, and some other key accounts, Albertsons, Vons, Pavilion, starting to break into conventional. So right now we're running at around two and a half million to three million in sales. Nice. Um, that's 10x what we were doing last year. Um, some of it was Shark Tank bump. Some of, some of it was just new packaging, better formulation. Great team that I really brought on. I built a really fantastic team in the last year of people from GT and you know from Health Aid and all these really great great companies. So I think building out a great team, we got there really really quick in the last year to really break the million dollar mark, and now we're breaking the three million dollar mark. So it's going pretty quick now. And in twelve months, we want to just continue what we're doing and continue the momentum, continue ramping and really picking stores and distribution outlets and area, you know, and retailers that really fit our product, where consumers will understand what it is and they see the value and they'll spend the money, the $3.99 to $4.99 on it. So in 12 months, we wanna be at about eight to nine million run rate. But as you know, Mark, in this business, you can ramp really quickly. You know, if you get in the right accounts, like for you, Costco, I think it's a grand slam account for you or getting into Kroger, or all these great accounts, so, you know, Safeway. If you get into the right accounts and you scale it and, and with distribution, you can get to 10, 15, 20 million. So I think, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we can get to eight, nine, 10 million by next year in 12 months, given, given the track record that we're on right now and the, and the uh, trajectory. Um, so, and then, sorry, I keep on forgetting your last question. It's, it's good, no, you, you, you nailed it. It was, kind of, it was kind of the three points of how do you get there but yeah. you delivered it within the within the context of your of your response, right? You're just staying the course. You're building out your you're building out your distribution, um, working the the that particular point of distribution, right? Uh, another takeaway that somebody should definitely have on, on all of this, Rich, is working the point of distribution. It's not door count, right? Um, we we all recognize that it's not door count. It's what you're doing at the door that's that's really really important on on how you're going to move forward. Um, also important to that original uh, question, which was about fundraising. You you need to show that your your product's moving. So I think what you're saying is you're just going to keep continuing on the course of opening up distribution and working in also the areas that you're currently in. Yeah, I think it's really important just to really dig deep in the accounts that you're in, where you know, if you just do promotions and spending where your product is actually moving and doing well, yeah. you'll see two, three, five, two, three, four, five fold in sales just from that. And not to expand too soon to too many different stores. I think that's a, that's a classic mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs do. Yeah. You need to spend the first two to three years just learning about where your product does well and expand within those stores. I mean, one major chain like a Whole Foods could easily produce, you know, 10 million in revenue just from one big chain mm -hmm. um, versus trying to go to too many areas which may not be producing. And on top of that, when you go to stores that's not, that are not producing, you're going to be losing money, losing margin, and that doesn't look good at all on the P&L when you're presenting it to investors, right? And then you can't raise more money. So it's just kind of this this downward spiral. If you get into the wrong stores, you get the wrong numbers, bad numbers on your P&L, and then you don't get any more cash, which is the worst number of all, which is zero. So um, yeah, that's kind of my, that's been our, that's been our MO from the beginning. 
because we do have a premium product, you know, we're not selling a dollar 99 canned coconut water here. We're selling a premium organic whole coconut drink that deserves to be, you know, in the best stores in the country. So you got to really set your value and your, your, um, you know, set your standards and let your distribution reflect that. Love it. Well, you nailed it. Uh, I love it. I, I love it all. I love all the, all the information. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm hopeful it's going to be helpful to, you know, anyone who's going to be listening or watching this. Now it is time for the man, Eric Kiker. It just so happens I'm, I'm putting this out there. I do know Eric. Uh, I've actually worked with Eric in the past. Uh, we worked with them uh, at, at I One Organics, which is cool. Uh, but he is the one that is going to be um, giving us the pitch on the service or product related piece of this show to close it on out. Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself, your services, who can you help? Spiel. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it, man. It's really cool to be on this um, maiden voyage. <laughs> Um, really fun, really, really fun to hear Alex's story too. I, um, I am a messaging and story development guy. I mean, my knack, my genius, if you will, um, not to pat myself on the back too hard is finding that thing that makes brands, what I call differentiatable. And that means different than anybody else in the category, different than anybody sitting next to you on the shelf. And I believe that that thing that we come up with can be described as putting a fist in the air on the behalf of a consumer. Now, so what I do is 100% worthless for any brand that doesn't believe that consumers do want relationships with brands and that If you don't believe that a consumer can see the difference between function and something that rides on a higher emotional level that actually helps them with a problem in their lives, um, then I'm not the guy for you. But if you do think that that's something that consumers value, that's that's where we can shine together and that's what I do. I mean, I do a workshop process that's, um, in times not like these in person. And um, I've, done, uh, I've done two virtual workshops, one with five people, and yesterday I had 14 people on the Zoom call. And uh, it's an all day process. We, I ask provocative questions, the group gives stream of consciousness answers, we think like skeptical consumers and we force ourselves to agree with one another on everything that we write up on the big post-its, like the one behind me. So we walk out of the room with opinions, and then I spend a couple of weeks working, um, researching, going through the answers, and coming up with a 50-ish page deliverable deck that, um, that gives brands tons of options on actual language. I'm a writer by discipline. I've been doing this for 30 years. And so it isn't really, um, it's not something that has to be translated by other creative people. It's already in creative terms. And once we revise it and love it, it's cut and pasteable onto the site, onto the tactics, onto, you know, demos or talk tracks or whatever you want. So that's what I do, man. Love it. Well, that is the first episode in the books. I'll put their info somewhere around here real quick so you can reach out if you want. Uh, Hope all is well. 
Take care.